You're Gonna Meow Podcast Network. Hey, everybody. This is April. I am your host for Bless Your Heart, and I am here for episode 19. It's April 30th, and I am here with Robert Gresham from the comedy scene here in Portland, Oregon, and you'll get to know him here in just a moment. Um, if you're listening, you're listening from You're Gonna Meow Podcast Network or iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play, and we appreciate you listening. Um, also, check out some of our other shows on the podcast network. Uh, we have The Boo Ha Ha with Emily Faye Coleman. Uh, she brings in comedians. They tell ghost stories and they riff on it. It's very, very funny. Comes out once a month. And I also have, uh, we also play VHS Vengeance with Nick and Dave. And Nick and Dave uh, basically put in a VHS tape, watch an old crappy movie, and then make funny about it. And it is fantastic. And I think you should listen to that too. Um, we have a couple other shows that we ha- are working on right now. Hopefully you'll have them very soon. And um, hopefully you will enjoy this episode of uh, Bless Your Heart. And, um, I would like to introduce Robert Gresham. Hello. Yay. Hi. Thanks, Emerald. Thanks All for having me. You're welcome. And so do you have any, um, like, your social media and stuff that you want people to know about off um, the bat? Yeah, you could uh, follow me at uh, Rob C. Gresham on Twitter. And my Facebook is just uh, Robert Gresham. Okay. Yeah, I just put my name right out there. So when I say something bad, it's forever. Okay. Yeah. That, <laughs> you know what? And I totally didn't even give any of my social media. So, I mean, if just look us up online. So seriously. So Robert C. is in cat? Uh, kind of. It's Charles. Uh, it's my dad's name. Oh, your middle name's not cat. It's Charles. Okay. Right. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I have my stupid little sound effect thing I love. <laughs> so. We pull this out every once in a while. Do you have to get that radio flavor? Yeah, I get a little bit of. <laughs> gotta have farts. Oh, why didn't we pull it? You know, the last episode we did was called "Fart Cats and Farts," and we oh. didn't play a fart once through the whole thing. So, I guess we're gonna put them on your show. Yeah, then. Let's make up for those cat farts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so. Uh, I know you, Robert, through the comedy scene here in Portland, Oregon. I met you at the Hotbox, um, uh, which is no more. Yeah, rest in peace, right? Rest in peace, Hotbox. We don't, you know what? And I haven't had uh, uh, Chris Boatwright out here in a while to talk about, like, um, he always does, like, every time I say, you're going to meow, he goes, meow, in the background. So. <laughs> So when you first came in, I was asking you, like, you know, is there anything we can or can't talk about? You know, usually, I guess, with podcasts, when somebody comes in and goes, well, I don't want to talk about this, I'll usually be like, well, there's the door. But yeah. no, I'm serious. I try to be nice to the, <laughs> to the people in the scene. But um, so what I was telling you when you first came in was, is when I first met you, I didn't know if I liked you or not because of your opinion. Because you're, see, that's the funny thing. I have that face. You have that face. Now, you have a nice <laughs> face, actually. That's what surprised me is you mm. have, yeah, because I, I like your face. Now, um, so what? What happened was, is when I heard you doing your comedy, I have to keep in mind sometimes that we're not the same people on stage that we are in real life. Mm-hmm. And I forget that because I do that too. Our characters, our, our char- personas. Yeah, our characters and our personas. But at the same time, you were talking about having no filter because it's like you said, I think, you, uh, how did you say it? You said like, it's if like you, you keep up lies. You yeah, know? you just, you'll get caught up in stories or cover stories, you know. So I'm like, if I don't want to talk about this, then some people are like, well, why? Or okay. And then it becomes its own little situation. Right. Right. And then they start digging to try yeah. to find out. Yeah. You know, and if like, you lie, yeah. you have to remember the lies you tell. And yeah, of no, course I'm not that... smart enough for that stuff. I know. <laughs> no, I'm not either. I love to tell stories, though. See, that's the thing is I can really embellish some stories and then forget from one place to the other where I embellish the stories. Oh, yeah. But then so finally somebody's like, why don't you get on stage and do that? And I was like, oh, OK, that's a good idea. So um, that's a little of my story, too. Yeah, exactly. So um, so how long have you been doing comedy? Um, 
actually just about one year now that we're in about mid mid April. I uh, started. I went up my first time at the end of February last year, mm-hmm. and then I didn't go up at all for the next month because when I first went up, it was a surprise. I don't know where I hadn't any plan on going to, to to do any comedy. I was just supporting a friend who. Was oh, doing okay. It. I was like, so you just walked into a stage, yeah. and you were just they were like, do stuff. Kind of, yeah. A friend of mine, uh, Angelique Carrington. Mm-hmm. I went to high school with her. Mm. Uh, I'd seen on Facebook a few times that she was doing shows, and her boyfriend was doing a show. Alex, and yeah. I had just gone through a separation, mm-hmm. and so I was like, oh, okay. Well, I just I need to get out of the house. You know, I, I can get into my own mind a little bit too too much, and so I just went out. And I grabbed uh, like a notebook because I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, I'll check out comedy. And, you know, I've always been interested in it. And so when I went there, because I had the notebook, it was just Alex came up. Oh, you're next. You're going up next. And I went, uh, oh, sure. sure. And I had no- nothing in my notebook, really. <laughs> so it was just because I was there to take pages. notes. I was there to kind of figure out some stuff. And, yeah, it was all blank pages. And uh, <laughs> so I just went up and I started talking about parts of my failed relationship and my kids mm-hmm. and then got off stage and I was, you know, had those, those flutters and shakes from going up. Isn't that crazy? They were pretty bad. And then I went to the bathroom like right away. And so I'm in there going to the bathroom, just kind of getting those shakes out. And an old gentleman, like probably mid sixties, early seventies, one of those like bar regulars mm-hmm. just came in and was like, Oh, comedy, I'm going to do it next week. You're pretty good. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, Okay. Maybe I'll give us one more shot because I didn't think about it at all. Right. Uh, went home and started writing over that next month. And Angelique started prodding me, hey, you ever going to come out again? You ever going to come out again? Yeah, she's cool and like so that, eventually yeah. I was like, all right, I'll try this. I'll come out again. Showed up at the Hotbox. Okay. And I think it was a Hotbox number three or the Cookie Chill Out number three. One of those. Or and four. One of those early, early shows. That's interesting. So you and I got into this at the, pretty much the same time. <laughs> okay. I've been finding out a lot, of, a lot of people. Like, I didn't know Boatwright was in it only a year. I really felt like he was in it longer when I met him. I think he's been so. writing in his head for a lot longer oh. than a year, but he's probably only gotten... I, I didn't realize he's only been up on stage for a year. I would have thought he's been doing it for yeah, much too. longer. Seems really, he seems very comfortable. Yeah, so. he does. And he's really good at, like, just riffing off the... Like, he, he yeah. comments on other people's stuff when they're up on stage talking. So, he, yeah. He gave me a lot of confidence to keep trying it. There's There was a... He's good like like I would read growing up different comedians books and start listening to all the podcasts and over and over and over again I would hear the story uh, oh I grew up reading the books and just watching comedy and Mm -hmm. this is why I got into it and I'm like man I've been doing that for my my whole life really maybe this is something I should think about but public speaking has just always been a fear of mine Mm -hmm. Uh, as you can tell during right this (laughs) eye contact is even hard for me to keep Oh, sorry. Do, do I need to? No, no, you don't have to. It's just I'm one of those I don't intense people that'll be like, mm, my stairs. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> um, so I didn't. I never really considered it as something to do. And I come from a very blue collar to almost like dark blue collar background mm-hmm. to where people are like, oh, you have this idea that's beyond your lane. Get that out of your head. You're a poor person. You're never. You're always going to be a poor person. See, I know people so, who think like that. And I just had that drilled into me from like my mom, who is very blue collar. Yeah. Know? So it was like, oh, you want to – when I was young, I got, like, uh, writing accolades from school for short stories. They wanted me to go to these different little classes. Mm-hmm. And my mom would always – I think a lot of it had to do with money. Right. But a lot of it was like, nah, you can't go to that. You can figure out how to cook for a living. You know, you don't write. And so my – the push in my family was always, like, learn how to be in restaurant work because that's all you're ever going to be able to do. Because that's oh, what they do. That sucks. So – 
And it, it's just, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to go down that road of like turning this into my therapy session. Yeah. No, no, no. no you know what? Uh, comedy, I have learned talking to comedians and doing comedy that these are our therapy sessions. This is exactly yeah. what it is because you were talking about no filter. Well, I have a sister-in-law that talked about like she would say things to me like, why don't you? She goes, why do you say those things? Why, why do you say this, this or this? And I'm like, because I don't care what people think. I don't care what people know. Yeah. And and again, I never thought about it in terms like that. But yeah, you're right. Like if you have to think about everything you say, it's just easier to have no filter because then I don't have to think about what I say. It's just always going to be what yeah. my truth is. To me, it was a lot of the times tension breakers. Yeah. Like I, I'm also a kid that got just mercilessly bullied through school. My locker was directly across from the gym door at Roosevelt High School. Mm. So a lot of the times when that door, the gym would open, I'd be at my locker and just get, bam, shoved in it real fast, slammed the door. But luckily the student center is like right on the other side of that. So I could just hit the wall for a couple <laughs> minutes somebody until somebody, would, me. Yeah, somebody yeah. would get me. Because I was a little guy going up through school. And oh, wow. I, I developed early on, so I was groped a lot. Oh, so. no. <laughs> I never got that, you know, and so it just made things weird and I didn't fit in for a lot of reasons because of that growing in high school. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I totally so. get it. I know we all had our things. Um, so I was going to tell. So one of the things I wanted to talk about with is I'm sure a lot of people talk to you about this because it's mm -hmm. one of the first things that I knew about you was the whole dog issue. Oh, yeah. Now, definitely. now it was it was interesting <laughs> because now I'm going to tell you and I'm going to tell you the God's truth of what happened just so you kind of know where I'm coming from, because I, I try to. Well, also, you need to know this about me, too, as I'm one of those people that makes really quick, instant judges. I think we all do. Oh, yeah. That prejudging thing that we're like, oh, we don't do that. Oh, we're yeah. Like, oh, or like, fuck that guy. That's how we yeah. get eaten by lions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so when I when I first saw you, I was just like, well, fuck that guy. He doesn't like animals. It doesn't like dogs. He was like, yeah, what the? And, you know, and me and my husband both got in the car and I was like, did you hear that about that? And he's like, well, yeah, he said he was attacked by dogs. And I was like, do you think that's true? And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, well, because it's one of those things. It's like, well, we know how what he knows how I write my jokes and my mm -hmm. stories. And he knows that they're kind of half true. Mm. Some of them are half true. Some of them are whole true. It just depends on what it takes to yeah. make it funny. I did not have on chocolate Axe body spray. <laughs> <laughs> you know, chocolate is poisonous to dogs. How I know, dare like, you? I've often thought, how do I finish that joke off with the chocolate and kill these dogs? <laughs> but, so there you go. You should you should say it this way. I wasn't wearing chocolate Axe body spray. I should have. Then I would have at least killed the dogs yeah. for attacking me. So there's, there there's you go. There's a couple of times when I've tried the tag and I'm like, ah, I get more laughs on that. The axe, the, the just the axe axe, body yeah. spray. So I'll just keep it there. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I like it though. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you mine first, real quick. Okay. Yeah. And then I want you to go into it because I'm more interested in yours. Okay. So mine, I think people have heard mine too. If anybody knows me, so when I was like three or four, uh, our next door neighbor had two Doberman painters, and we had mm. just your standard. Um, uh, chain link fence between our property, and my dad had told him. He said. Those dogs are mean. They're vicious. They come to the gate every time he goes outside. And he goes, I don't want these dogs to attack my my littlest one. And I and you've heard me say on stage that my brothers and sisters were 18, 16, 14, and 12 when I was born. Mm -hmm. So we're talking I was four. So my sister above me was about 16 at that point. Okay. And I stepped outside and those two dogs came over the chain link fence and immediately were both on top of me. And my sister Yikes. saw it. Yeah, my sister saw it from the window in the kitchen and there was nobody home but me and her. So she grabbed my dad's gun mm -hmm. and she came outside and then couldn't decide how to do it. So she just shot up into the air and it made them scoot. 
So then she scoops me up, and I was lucky. I had no tears, no rips. I had puncture wounds. That was it. Oh, just nice. a just a few puncture wounds and a few places, but nothing. Well, that's on my... probably why the didn't. Yeah, yeah, it's probably why it didn't. Wasn't well, two. I was only four, and I really, honest to God, I can tell you, I don't remember it. I I really don't. The only thing I remember is the next day, my dad came home, walked outside, went. Into the neighbor's backyard, which was unheard of. Most people don't do that. Knocked on his back door. And when he opened the door, he shot the guy's dogs and said, have a great day and went home. And so that's how, hmm. that's what happened to me. Now, I am cautious of big dogs. If you, if you want to know, and my sister is a German shepherd person. The one who saved me, she's actually has two German shepherds at home. So when I go to her house, like they don't know me that well. So I'm like, okay. And I stand back and I let them get to know me. And then I calm down and they calm down and everybody's happy. And I'm okay with that. I'm always been an animal lover. Right. So, well, in, in your so story that's right why there. I didn't like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, in your story right there, there's even some pins in it. So I'm like, well, here's some reasons why like, that sure. didn't happen for me right. like, later. Okay. And well, I didn't want to interrupt if the no, story no, wasn't no, over. No, <laughs> no, no, actually that was it. I was, that okay. was, I was attacked. So they for were my version of the story, what happened to me, and mm-hmm. it was only about eight years ago, mm-hmm. nine years ago, mm-hmm. uh, super hammered at my brother's house. We were watching some UFC Good and stuff. me and my uh, brother were arguing about something like brothers do. Like brothers do. Can't even remember what it was. Um, but he was house sitting the neighbor's dogs. Okay. And somebody else at the party called the dog's attack word out on me. Why? Because everyone's drunk and we're dudes. And stupid. Yeah. Okay. Hold my beer, wash the shit. Okay. So nobody, so immediately the two dogs, and these were pit bulls that would, their aggressive owner, kind of like, thought he was boys in the hood style, like Mr. Gangster. Mm-hmm. He would make the dogs, uh, you know, shake them was their word. And he'd have the dogs run out of his house, jump into the air, attached to like a tire swing that dangled from a tree and just dangle from it. Yeah. Shake it, t- shake these tires. So somebody did the attack word on me. I was pulled out of the door, you know, the door frame. Oh. And so I'm just screaming in the middle of the threshold and nobody else knows what's going on because these dogs are outside tug of war on my feet. And so nobody helped me until the dogs immediately were able to pull me outside all the way. That is a horror film when they situation. Did that, yeah. It started, started getting clarity once you're that mauled. <laughs> oh. So as I, uh, they let me go once they got me outside, but one came for me. I was able to put my forearm up. Yeah. They got me here. When you said came for me, he pointed at it. He pulled towards his face, so it was coming at your face. Yeah, it was coming right. My, there was uh, just two of them. Mm-hmm. And there were the dogs always described, oh, my dogs are super sweet. They, I got complete control over them. You mm-hmm. don't have to worry. And these dogs were terrified of their owner. But my brother was house-sitting. Right. These, or owner wasn't there. Wasn't there. So, uh, hmm. and at the time, I was growing weed with the owner. So there was like all this like, fuck, now I can't even do anything about this dog mauling. But they just took me out. And mm-hmm. so for the next day, while I'm trying to recover at the hospital, my sister had taken me there to mm-hmm. figure out what's going on. They started, everyone at the party changed their stories like five different times about what happened to me. Yeah. So, and because they were, we were in drunken blackout situations, I'm like, I don't know what fucking happened. I just woke up and looked down and went, oh no, I'm, I'm messed up. Mm-hmm. Then I go to the bathroom and I'm calling my roommate on the phone. I'm like, what's going on? Why did I wake up in your room? He's like, yeah, dude, do you see all that blood everywhere? I look, see all that blood everywhere, look in the mirror and go, oh, I got to go. My ear's gone. Right. So that's where I was still in kind of that. When you wake up from the blackout, you're like, I'm kind of drunk. It's kind of funny still. Right. So I was just making jokes left and right as I'm going to the hospital getting stitched up and all mm-hmm. these things. Um, 
But my fear of dogs didn't kick in for a couple of years. That's what I was going to say. With the blackout situation, I'm surprised. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm not surprised, but I mean, who knows how the brain yeah. works. I know. Well, I don't want to say I know for sure, but uh, something I – we when I went to therapy and I, I had to quit therapy because my own – my therapist, I just got these looks from her like I, she didn't trust me or I didn't trust her. Like mm-hmm. I don't know how it was like – I felt like she was telling my stories by, as soon as I got out of there, like, oh, this okay. fucking guy. <laughs> Check right. And out. I just couldn't believe it. And yeah. so, uh, but something we started to explore was that uh, later at another party, at another blackie out situation, mm-hmm. uh, my friends jumped me or my quote, quote friends. They jumped me, beat me really bad, gave me a concussion to where I can get out of bed for a couple months. Yeah. I wouldn't call this friends. No, I've never spoke to him after that. Uh, and, you know, it's a lot of it was politics man don't talk politics at the party i was the only one that was for hillary clinton everyone else was like man man trump 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 oh god i just got my ass whooped you got right? your ass whooped by a bunch of trump people awesome yeah uh hmm. real bad because you know i uh i didn't make it any better so i'm like oh i'll fight f- hate with hate and right. i told that story at the hot box and it almost got me in trouble <laughs> are you kidding yeah but no i'm not kidding on that one but i don't want to <sighs> spread rumors and dump people under the They're right it's for the best fight yeah 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 no totally i get that no um you know that's interesting because i had a um political uh, argument with a friend now get this he was a hillary mm-hmm. person and i was a johnson person because i don't support trump at all i never have but mm-hmm. um but but I fell into that category of people who were like, if I didn't support Hillary, I was supporting Trump by by default. By default, and mm-hmm. so we, and and of course, we probably don't want to get into that. But you know, that whole argument came up. So, but yeah, I've never had anybody beat the shit out of me for it. Yeah, um, I got I got pretty rocked. I mean, the argument was it was because of the argument's escalation, right? And what I ended up saying in response, sure. like, so I had some of the beaten coming in a way. Like I accepted that, but the severity. I didn't didn't really earn just well, like with the dog attack. You earned an argument. You didn't yeah, earn didn't an earn ass, a, beating. ass beating. Right. But, I uh, had an argument. I earned an argument. I didn't earn it. It yeah. was a what we talked about in therapy based on those because after that mm-hmm. the, the dog fear kicked on mm. and it was more of a surprise to me because I didn't understand it. I've grown up with dogs. We've had dogs my whole life. Right. Um, all my brothers, a lot of my brothers still have dogs. Mm-hmm. So it, it just was weird that suddenly sometimes dogs were freaking me out and I didn't get it. It it was. Uh, embarrassing. Well, really your subcon- well, your subcon. Well, a, you're an adult male, and yeah. b, your subconscious is probably like, no, you know. Yeah, and I couldn't understand why it was like suddenly start shaking around a dog, and like, what, what's this about? Yeah. And I couldn't even, I couldn't consciously make the connection either. Right. Like, because I wasn't in my brain scared. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't scared of the dog, but my body was scared of the dog. That's interesting. And I couldn't figure out what was going on, and that started happening at first, at like small. Mm-hmm. And people would like, dude, knock it off. You just, dude, dude, don't knock it off. You're not scared of dogs. Right. And I was like, yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. I'm not scared. Probably because it, it just came kept out of nowhere. Yeah. Getting more and more and more hmm. and more. And long story short, what we were exploring in therapy about it was that it wasn't so much the dog attack specifically that made me scared of dogs. It was that something I trusted and used to like mm-hmm. turned on me and attacked me and hurt me really bad. And then, of course, and it was friends the same didn't... thing with the friends. Mm-hmm. And because the friends, people who I trusted, turned on me and attacked me really bad that just huh. equated the two things sure and to be completely candid i've i've never really been the same since that attack right. from the, my friends oh, or I... from the people like the the brain i don't know the i couldn't get out of bed for a long time i was dizzy uh i just my whole personality seemed to little like shift a little bit hmm. like hmm. i don't know <laughs> no i i get you i get you completely i had um the table a lot, no right? that's okay i had a um i had a uh a what do, what do they call it when you have surgery, voluntary, not a voluntary surgery, but um, 
what is the word I'm looking for? I hate when I do this. Emergency surgery? No, it wasn't emergency <laughs> surgery. Elective surgery. Elective surgery. Okay. That's the word I was looking for. It was an elective surgery. Um, I had a car wreck when I was 18, and it did something to my ability to pull up words sometimes it's it, mm. it, it happens occasionally it's very weird but anyway um yeah i had an elective surgery i was under for eight hours and it changed my personality when i came yeah. out i was a completely different person and i found out that it was um that there's something called uh, they used to call heart brain um and mm. they associated it with um or heart depression they associated it with heart patients because they would go into surgery and they would come out and then after their heart surgery they'd be depressed and they were associating it with the surgery itself like oh. the person is depressed because they've had a heart attack they've let their health go so they've had a heart attack so they're depressed about that what it was is the anesthesia was actually changing their brain chemistry and they started associating it with other people who had had long uh, massive amounts of surgery so mine was through anesthesia so I changed my personality that way I actually had to start going to see a therapist as well started seeing therapists I'm, I'm on medication and um, the medication over the past three months has really my husband has even said that my personality is coming back I've been scared to take the medication they gave me I was for years, yeah. Um, I'm still scared of that. I've, I've got it on the sh counter at my house, and I just won't take it because when I went to get it, I made a joke a couple of times. That almost everything I say on stage comes from like a 100% truth place, mm -hmm. and a lot of it was because I realized, oh, I'm just telling my therapist the same stuff I'm trying to do on stage, nervously getting the audience to like me, or, mm -hmm. and that's what I'm trying to do right now. So why, why pay somebody? somebody yeah. yeah, And I know that's the most generic story of all time, but at the same time, I'm like, she doesn't even look like she believes me here, and I'm trying to tell her these things that really bug me. Hmm. So uh, you just need to find that's it. Why I, <laughs> well, the best advice I can give you about therapists is like the one I have. I really like her. She's like the third one I tried. So mm -hmm. keep trying. You'll find one because it's it's personalities. You're yeah. going to it's personality you gotta issues. You got to click with somebody. You got to click <laughs> with somebody, and you got to like trust their face and that sort of thing. Yeah. And um, the the thing I found with my therapist is that she's really good about giving me insight. Because you know how you were talking about how you didn't realize you were afraid you you the the two things associated with each other and you started realizing you were afraid of things you used to trust mm -hmm. see i had this thing where i would have these like serious anger blowouts like i would destroy a room <laughs> and we couldn't figure out what like where it would come from turns out um it took the therapist like taking all the different incidences and putting them together and going oh it's because somebody comes up behind you and then i suddenly realized oh that's why i always everybody talks about me being slow and it's not me being slow i'm actually a pretty fast walker but i always pull Just up the rear alert. I'm, I'm alert <laughs> I'm, I'm i pull up the rear of yeah. a group i always my father-in-law comes to visit or i go visit him mm -hmm. he and i are constantly like putting our hands on each other's backs and going no after you no after you no after you <laughs> and it's me not wanting like i got to know what's behind me i want to know what's who and what's behind me. Yeah, so. that's gotten more of a habit with me now, like sitting yeah. at the very back of the bus so that nobody's mm -hmm. behind me on the bus, especially with the bus dangers I keep hearing about. And, yeah. And I travel from a really poor neighborhood through the, on the bus. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, are you one of those people that puts your back to um, the, puts your back to a wall and you always want to see the doors and windows of the room? Sometimes. It, it's weird. Like in a restaurant, I almost don't care. Mm. Like, I don't know, certain atmospheres change my change your attitude change out yeah change well, sure. my safety level <laughs> well have you ever seen the fisher king yeah okay see the fisher king is what made me have to watch doors that's why <laughs> good fellas for me yeah was it 
Well, it's just uh, the Robin Williams character sitting there and his wife's head just blows off onto his face. And I was like, okay, well, now I have to watch Doors. See what's behind me. Mm-hmm, I got to see what's behind Well, that's already a thing, but that's really see, a like, thing. like with my dog stuff, that's what that's my main trigger is the dog behind me that I don't know is there. It's like when right. you stick the cucumber behind the cat. <laughs> the cat's like, like, fuck! Yeah, that's how I am. <laughs> if I'm like, oh, everything's normal. There's a dog! And that's that'll surprise me because it's a, that out of nowhere. Didn't expect it yeah. kind of a thing. Um, but usually it's the owner of a dog. And telling my thing on stage has kind of gotten that. I've been able to come more to terms with that. Right. And uh, like Chris S. Smith, he has dogs. Uh-huh. And I go film my uh, hot steak show. Uh, hot that, steaks yeah. and hot takes. Look for oh, yeah. it on Tell YouTube everybody about that. Yeah. Uh, Here, I'll put a link on that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's got dogs. And so I'll, they'll constantly be coming over and I'll be petting them. And other guests are like, dude, dogs? I'm like, yeah, I know it's going to ruin my street cred. <laughs> Are so. you well? Here, can I ask you some other questions? Oh sure. Um, are you afraid of small dogs? Uh, more so than bigger dogs. Really? Like pitbulls specifically, I'm scared of well, because yeah. they're the ones, uh, and I just they're so strong that I don't always uh, trust their owner's ability to take care of them if something was to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Like that leash is always going to be a better trainer than perfect training. Right. So if you ain't got your dog on a leash, I'm already like, all right. But small dogs because they're more aggressive. Mm-hmm. You know, people will. Often with the dog thing, because I just like throwing out part of my, oh, here's another dog murder. Here's here's a dog killing another kid. Here's a, And it's not because I hate dogs at all. It's because I want there to be a little bit more awareness about this thing that does happen. Mm-hmm. There's so much, uh, my camp is like this about dogs. And there's this these fake myths about the pit bulls or these things about, you know, these stereotypes that aren't true. And I'm like, well, yeah, but let's throw, let's get together on the stuff that is kind of true about right. both parties. And let's figure out some of these problems. Yeah. Like I consider the problem with pit bulls overbreeding of them and people who don't who can't probably take care does make of them. them crazy yeah. so once they're overbred they just oh they go to pounds yeah and so people want to rescue animals and so they'll get animals from pounds who've never been cared for their whole lives and then because they don't have the training or sometimes the patience mm-hmm. they're like oh okay well my dog he's fine he, he never bites anybody because he didn't bite me yet right you know until and he tears like, somebody out 50 percent of dog kills are to their owner Really? I yeah. didn't know that. Oh, that's that's terrible. Oh. Uh, the amount of do- – like, I don't want to throw out statistics to become like get, – get all the, the comments. Like, Robert's lying. He's a he's part of the propaganda machine. But uh, there's over 400,000 dog attacks per year in America, mm-hmm. which is almost the same exact numbers of reported domestic violence cases. Hmm. You know? Wow. But – Nah, nobody cares about the dog bites. Yeah, there's only a certain amount of murders each year, but the amount of maulings that permanently scar people mm-hmm. is is huge. It's about 100,000 per wow. year. And it's mostly small dogs. Really? Because the small dogs will just get yap, yap, room, rip out part of your eye socket. Ooh, you're like, yeah. oh, you're alive still, but your life's going to suck for a little while. Yeah. Huh, I never thought <laughs> about know? that. Yeah. Or they get uh, mailmen. 4,000 mailmen, are, they report being attacked every year. Yeah. There's, there's reasons they carry uh, mace. You know, all these other well, yeah. things in the Bible. Let's go there. Oh, uh, dear. Beasts and stuff like that. Those were the dogs. When they talk about beasts, most of the time it was like the feral beasts. They were dogs because oh, they didn't have sanitation. And so dogs were used to like clean them after humans. I mean, dogs have always really been connected to our evolution as a species. That's why sure. they're our best friends. You know, I, I don't hate dogs, but we've we've used them as tools or burden animals for a long time in different fashions. And it wasn't until we stopped needing the protection of barking mm-hmm. to tell us that uh, danger was coming, mm-hmm. that we start domesticating the dogs more to become household friends of ours. Right. They were always these tools of aggression to protect us. And some of that doesn't shake out of their breeding. No. Huh? But, you know, we can all train dogs to be nicer and sweeter. 
Well, yeah. Well, you yeah, can breed them. all this out. No you, can, no, you can breed them to be nicer and sweeter. I mean, I had a fucking I Pomeranian. Training, you know? Yeah, Pomeranians, those were always the meanest ones I've ever I seen. I the most vicious little bitch you've mm-hmm. ever met in your life. I love Loved that his little owner. Mo- Love that little yeah. monster. My aunt has uh, small dogs, mm-hmm. and they love her and are very protective of her. Mm-hmm. And she comes over every Friday to play marbles at my house with my mom. And these dogs... They they go after you. They, okay. they bark at my cat. They bark at the squirrels and we're in the rooster outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, it's you know amazing. what? I got news for you. The meanest creature in your yard is your rooster. Oh, it's in the neighbor's yard. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> fucking hate roosters, man. They are we mean. A, we have a cherry tree in the back, a really big one, and it we get a bounty of cherries every year. And for the longest time, it was just the domain of the squirrels. Mm-hmm. And then the neighbor got the rat, uh, the rat, <laughs> the <laughs> rooster, and their chickens. And so the squirrels, like, really migrated towards our yard to get away from them. Mm -hmm. And then the crows came two years ago. Now, the crows are way tougher than the squirrels. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's like a battlefield in our backyard. We don't even go for the cherries anymore. Like, I'll wake up, there's dead squirrels out there. Like, real dead squirrels all the time. Yeah, I I think about trying to record it and put it on YouTube, but... I don't know, you can never catch it. The, well, the fights, know, and they happen in the tree a lot, so we can't see well, it. Well, yeah. Well, you know, my sister lives out on a uh, lake in Georgia, and um, her, they have geese that live on the lake. Oh, my. And so, like, all the neighbors hate the geese because they <laughs> poop in the yard, and it's slick, and it's messy, and it's it's horrible. And on top of that, being Georgian, lots of woods, there's squirrels everywhere. Well, squirrels get in your attic. They get in your gutters. Mm. They destroy things. And so my sister is constantly fighting them. Yeah, they're monsters. And one day my <laughs> sister told me that um, she said there was a hawk out there and that it swooped down and it uh, grabbed a squirrel. And she saw it. She saw it <laughs> grab the squirrel. It. Yeah, and just took it. <laughs> and it landed on the tool shed behind her house. And she said she's never seen anything like it. She goes, because this, this oh. hawk is holding the squirrel and then reaches down with it and just comes up and when he dinosaurs yeah they are dinosaurs that's why chickens and roosters are so mean they're little dinosaurs and they eat me crows too i wonder what dinosaur they were i know (laughs) because they're killers yeah and and roosters and chickens eat meat too that's probably why the squirrels Mm. were scared of them because have you ever seen have you ever seen joe rogan's video of a mouse getting in his yard no i've never seen that but i've heard i've heard that chickens would will eat other chickens like when they get like sick They're oh like, yeah, ah, yeah let's get this one out of here and yeah, yeah yeah they'll go for the weaker of the group and, and take them down they're mm. mean they're that will the, well it's not mean it's it's a survival instinct oh, yeah, it's like well you're that. you're useless to us so we'll just eat you so mm-hmm. yeah that but that's what makes their we eggs humans so good are like that even though mm-hmm. we don't say we are well, that's you know what that is the one thing i have always talked about with other people is is that people won't admit to how horrible humans are like yeah, i think it's just our our creature type you sure. know and it's uh like the praying mantis this is my my example i use a lot they'll kill their mate after mating mm-hmm. and that doesn't make them evil it just is like a horrible thing they do it, that sucks that that's the way they their mating ritual goes but look it at is, all the rest of the is. animal kingdom some people have some you know fucked up ones like mm-hmm. we're always like mean in the office or <laughs> however dudes or go however about the, the mating ritual yeah, exactly but you're like uh, you know, how long have we really been allowed to work with ladies? Like 50, 60 years? That's you think true. about it that way. So it's like this is still a new experiment that we're we're failing at. You know what? That's a good point. I've never thought about it like that. I mean, honestly, 50 years ago, what you and I are doing right now, even uh-huh. if the technology existed, we wouldn't be doing this yeah, because... That, the whole Pump Up the Volume movie was based on some kid doing a podcast in his basement, and then the feds are like, no podcasts out of your basement. Right. You know, there's a whole movie based on it, and right now we're like, yeah, let's talk shit out of our basements. Right. Or this lovely studio. Or this lovely... Yeah, or, <laughs> or the fact that I'm a married woman with a dude that I 
barely know. I know. I mean, at least the window's open. I, I hope there's proof that I, everything's cool in here. I know, we have recorded. <laughs> My hands are above table. Um, <laughs> you're on video. Oh, see. <laughs> you're re-recorded. No, I seriously, when you came in, I was talking to you about it, and we're, we're about to go mobile with this. Like, one of the concerns about this room is, is like, I'm like, this little tiny room with nobody not a lot of protection not a protection <laughs> yeah so i gotta I worry about that at the comedy room sometimes like really? uh i mean i've seen before i even tried to get up on stage like that time when alex brought me just up i'd watch a lot of comedy videos online and mm -hmm. one of my favorites were just watching comics get attacked by people in the audience and so i'm like oh i don't want to say a joke that somebody takes some drunk person takes the wrong way and attacks you because mm, like true. i kind of look at comedy like not just me as a performer of comedy, but like, what is its role at the place you're doing comedy at? Mm -hmm. It's still to sell drinks. Yeah. You know, and I did karaoke for a little while. I mean, after I got pitbulled, I had to figure out ways to make money and they have slowly dried up to where uh, you'll see me in one of those tents soon. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did karaoke for a while. And the whole point of that is just to sell drinks. Hmm. So I kind of got that through my mind that I'm here. It's not just about me here. It's also about making sure that the venue is performing well because we all just mob into a place and nobody supports the place they're like why are you here you're just taking up my tables you know yeah. and i was a waiter before yeah. i got pitbulled so that was another thing i would be and uh, you know you're sitting at that table for a long time just drinking coffee buddy you know, yeah get the fuck out of here so i can make sell some, some pancakes yeah you know? I make, make some, some money, money here yeah mm -hmm. no i can see so, that yeah so i sometimes think about that at the comedy club and that knowing that in my head there's going to be people drinking and if you say the wrong thing or if someone gets too drunk that they could attack you and i look around and some of these places aren't very safe uh, i've been like i made a joke out of it because that's kind of how i try to get through life that's probably how most of us are doing why how, how why we got attracted to comedy is we you know i'd make the joke to the bully as he's beating me up mm -hmm. and he'd be like this is just not worth it now so uh but i was a uh a very large homeless dude like rushed me when i left the brody one night scared me really bad like i was i you know, I left Big Legrowski and I was with Tyler Landon Mays. He went one way. I went to cross the next street and literally across the next street, a, a very larger than me homeless man rushed me and was angry that I wouldn't take his Chinese food from him or let him look at my phone. How bizarre. And it was super bizarre and it scared me at the yeah. time. It's funny later because you're like, you know, like a homeless dude tried to give you Chinese food. You're right. Like, yeah, yeah, man. I didn't. I, I had to take it. He, <laughs> he scared me. I had to take it. You know, uh, the I had it. He was like, I am homeless. I have nowhere to put it. Take it. And I'm like, uh, okay, sir. And I just Thanks. took it from him. I'm, and I'm like, okay. you're like, I'll throw it away for you. Yeah. So I just put it, you know, yeah. that's exactly what I did. But once he was out of eyesight. Yeah. But it scared me. And I was like, man, comedy rooms, if this is in the audience, sometimes you never know. Hmm. I go home and then like the Facebook page will blow up like, oh, so-and-so brought a gun one time to the out or to the courthouse. We can't let them in the comedy room anymore. And because I'm shy, I don't really know everybody. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, who has guns here? Who's the dangerous people even in our right. community? Yeah. You know, I'm I'm an anxious mess. Which one of these guys is, you know, one step away from just like, this is how I get on the news. <laughs> so I get to put my manifesto out there. I yeah. Know. Yeah. 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 If you ever hear anybody say they have a manifesto, stay away from that dude. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's... I don't even have a diary. <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting. I grew up in such a violent household, and, like, my teenage years were so violent. Like, mm. it... It's 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 interesting. Um, it's interesting how these things change people in different ways. Like, for me, I'm like, I just... 
I'm like, well, let's go see what happens. It's like, it could be mm. dangerous. All right. Well, I'll keep my eyes open. That's my attitude. Yeah. You know, and some people are not, some people are like, well, fuck that. I'm not going. You know, it's, it's, it, it's yeah, just. Being poor, growing up in the poor neighborhoods. I, yeah. Two lessons that have always stuck out to me from my mom, who I don't want to demonize her because I love her a lot, but she's just like a down earth, hey, let's watch our asses kind of a lady. Mm -hmm. She was like, if you hear screams outside, do not look outside. That, we don't need that attention coming to our house if there's something wrong outside. Don't look outside. Right. So that was something I grew up with as a kid. And it, it really just isolates you from your neighbors when you start mm -hmm. to go, oh, I got to go fuck with Stay away from there. them. Yeah. Right. And the other thing she used to tell me all the time was uh, become, you know, get in a food service, become a waiter, cut your fingernails. It's the only way you're ever going to get a girlfriend. I'm like, this is creepy stuff to tell a sixth grader. She's teaching you how to be a lesbian. Uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> She was super into Madonna for a long time. <laughs> uh, well, it sounds like she was just trying to protect you. Yeah, oh, definitely. You know, she's just to trying to protect me. you. Yeah. She, we have I have ten brothers and sisters. Whoa. And I'm I'm somewhat the oldest. You so. are somewhat the oldest. Yeah. There's a. It's complicated and large. Like all when you get to that number, it's I have five organic brothers and sisters. I have three half brothers and sisters that are above me, and then I have two that are under me. In oh, age. okay. But. In as far as the immediate household, I have always been the older sibling around. Oh, okay. The three older ones are just not a picture. Yeah. But from me down, I think I'm the real number would be nine mm -hmm. with a couple of floating extra kids where like someone, one of my sisters would have a friend that would live with us for five or six months. Oh, oh that's see. another brother or sister. Okay. So we just always had a large family. Uh, I'm from a large family too. So yeah. I grew up here in St. John's. Oh, nice. So like, yeah, I've seen a lot of violence. Uh, it. It can be well, not nice, but not nice. Uh, there's always times when I we get like, oh, when I hear certain terms like white privilege, because I mean, who hears this is a dangerous term territory, right? Yeah. Because I think like while it's a, a okay, super well, it's important... been really good talking to you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I think it's super important of a concept that we all need to look at. But sure. I think by being named somewhat uh, antagonistically, like uh, in argumentative essays, they teach you, hey, don't don't alienate the audience. You want to learn about this in the first sentence mm -hmm. and by saying white privilege people who don't get what that means are immediately turned off and so like i was someone who was immediately turned off by just the name of it mm -hmm. but then like took the time to figure out what it was talking about right so i understand like why i've gotten away with certain things mm -hmm. like i was able to see growing up uh i've always been afraid of the police this never been in my life something where the police have been beneficial or helpful it's always been scary hmm. for me so, uh, and that's interesting coming from a white male. That's what a lot of people would say. And I'm like, well, I grew up in poor. So I don't, I don't always think it's about race as much as about class because right. you're poor and you can't fight back at all. So you're the easiest targets. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so just growing up poor, the cops would, oh, you're out too late. Oh, oh we got to run from the cops. They're going to get us. Right. You know, uh, they'd catch us. They would beat my, my cousin Warren up, like physically beat him up, throw him in the yard. Uh, one time going to Dungeons and Dragons with a buddy of mine named Andre, uh, when we got stopped by the cops because we had backpacks on at, after 10 o'clock, we had to be robbing somebody, you know, even though I'm like, we got books, we got dice in our, no, that shaking sound, those are pills. You know, I got to go through your backpack and just to make things are sure, punch my friend Andre in the face, break his glasses, you know, does, and then, yeah. of course, yeah, we got D and D books. So it's growing I had the cops bust in on me one time, two o'clock in the morning. I'm watching like Cinemax or something. You know, best time for the cops to come out of nowhere. Right. <laughs> All of a sudden, my back door opens up. It's a cop going, "We chased your cousin in here right now, just a few minutes ago." I'm like, no, you didn't. You just undid the the deadbolt. <laughs> my parents have woke up to cops flashing lights on them, looking for the kids that they say did something. Oh my god. There's no kids around. 
because neighbors we had a neighbor on the block who just didn't like us who so she would call the cops on us all the time too because one of those out the out the window Ooh, who's coming over to there oh house. look those boys have got boys over yeah yeah mm-hmm. you know flipping open our garage doors like looking in what are you guys partying in here and we're just like yeah with our D guys <laughs> Ooh. yeah you know we're, we're storming the castle i just critted so that was something that's always like kind of you know worried bothered me that about yeah. the cops i had my brother he uh kind of he crashed his car drunk driving uh i don't know how many years ago maybe five six no had to be longer than that maybe ten uh he rushes into the house wakes me up oh robert you know blah 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 you gotta help me we gotta get the car back I worked at the movie theater at the time, so I, as a manager, just threw in my, my work uniform back on because it's crumpled in a heap at the f- bed. Put it on, go out and see him. Like, yeah, this, your car axle's off the car. It's in the neighbor's yard. You got to go get dad. Turn around, start walking back towards the house. A cop comes towards me, flash the light. You're like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, my brother. I put my hand up like this. The cop who was behind me that I never saw grabs me, twists me up, never identifies themselves. And of course I'm scared because you get suddenly attacked, you know, Somebody's restrained got you. Yeah. from behind, so I restrain a little. Or I, oh, what's, what's going you on? You struggle, yeah. And bam, smashed me into a car. Then threw me in the back of the car where I had to sit for 40 minutes while they realized that, oh, yeah, he was just honestly looking at the accident and telling, telling someone else to go get help. So I myself have had run-ins, random beatings with the cops, never been able to trust them. Huh. So that's something that always bugs me when people are like, ah, rah, 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 you don't know what it's like. I'm like, my whole life I've known what it's like. No. It's being poor is not a pass to like getting away with stuff no no it's the opposite you can't you can't tell i saw somebody post on facebook not too long uh actually today saying that when will white people realize when will poor white people realize that um the government doesn't care for you as much as it doesn't care for it's it has nothing to do with race it's Mm. class it's like you said it's It's class class. and i and i think a lot of the class arguments with like the the poor middle class gets tricked Mm -hmm. into People, when you're when you're poor, you start to go like, well, what affects my immediate my immediate house, mm-hmm. like my bills, and those people can be convinced the most of, well, I'll make your job come back. Whew, I need that job back. Okay. Yeah, that's the easiest thing. You're gonna make my bills go away, okay? Because I got bills, right? And that's what I think people hear all the time. They get convinced of that. Oh, I'm gonna. And when you, the government gets too crazy, they're going to take my guns. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're gonna keep my guns, okay? Yeah. So I don't think that a lot of times they're as these racist, ignorant people. I think that they're just looking out for their backyard mm-hmm. without really thinking about the neighbor's backyard or how the neighborhood affects the city, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where it starts to spiral down yeah. because everyone's just thinking about themselves and how are they going to get through while everyone else gets taken advantage of. And the next thing you know, you're like, oh, no, we're all poor. We're not, we're all, none of us can get nothing now. Yeah. We don't have water that works anymore. Stuff like that. Yeah. I've, I've heard, um, I've had a friend once comment that uh, he, he, he was like, you know, people talk about wanting to see the, see like the, the whole system just fall apart so that we can rebuild it. And there's, mm-hmm. there is a certain amount of um, attraction to, to yeah, total. It seems just, romantic. It does. Idea. It does. But it, people it does, lose their shift. The Wi-Fi goes out on Amtrak. Right. So I'm like, oh no, we, the system falls apart yeah if the water doesn't come on but yeah. it's like he says he goes the real riots will start when the water and the electricity doesn't come on for mm-hmm. more than 10 minutes what is it joe rogan who's like the what lights go out what are you gonna do i'm gonna yeah. wait it's honestly <laughs> that's, i think that's what i'm gonna yeah, do we all of our money is in banks yeah so what we just next morning turn on like, oh we don't have money and no oh, we don't have power we don't have water 
what do you do? Like for the Chaos, first yeah. day, most people are going to go, ah, there's probably something weird going on. We'll, we'll just wait we'll this wait out. It out. It'll and next thing you know, you're like, oh, no, there's over. tanks everywhere. Yeah. We did. We waited out the wrong way. You know. I don't know. Yeah, that is. It is a weird situation. I'm uh, just going to let the tanks get me. I don't have enough energy. That's what I that, I'm the same way. I always said if the, if the they talk about Japan bombing the east, the West Coast, I'm like, do Fuck it. Yeah. I'm going to drive right towards it because I, I am not a survivor. <laughs> am I throwing you off looking out that window a lot? It's no, my no, eyes no. just. No, I watch my oh, okay. audio. No, I just, um, no, I'm just watching. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. But it's, uh, yeah, I'm going to drive right towards it. I want nothing to do with it. Now, it's interesting. And of course, it's all about experience. It's all about where we are, what we've put ourselves in and that sort of thing. Like mm-hmm. with me, I, I've had two incidences with cops um, in the past year that oh that are not terrible at all. And f- they're hilarious, actually. <laughs> um, I high was, five. High five, yeah. <laughs> and with purple hair. Now, in the set, now, I talk about this when I go home. When I'm in the South, if I go to a mall, a Walmart, a Target, or anything like that, um, with my, my tattoos and my piercings and my hair, I get followed immediately. Mm. I'm immediately considered a threat. And my sister, it drives my sisters crazy. They'll be like, these cops are following us. And I'm like, it's me. Sorry. Mm. It's just, it is what it is. I know that's like too. <laughs> yeah. But out here, I don't have that problem. I don't have that problem in Oregon at all. I was going through Beaverton. Or, do you know the Beaverton area? Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you know Beaverton downtown? Not so much downtown Beaverton. Uh, I knew Tigard a little bit, but okay. the Southwest. Okay. That Washington County. Yeah, Washington County. So in Beaverton, there is in downtown, there is a five-way stop. It sounds odd, but it is. It's a five-way stop that comes from five different directions, and there's one point where you... Sounds confusing. It's very confusing, <laughs> and the lights are confusing. And one day I pulled through, and what I was supposed to do was go through my light, stop at the next light, which was literally one car space, and then wait for that light and go. And I just went right on through that red light, which had cross traffic going. And I buzzed through cross traffic <laughs> right in front of a cop, Right in front. And he saw me red, run the red light. I knew it the second I went past him. We made eye contact. I was like, he's going to pull me over. So I just went ahead and started pulling over as I went through the light because I made it through, didn't hurt anybody. And I pulled into a parking space. And instead of pulling up behind me, he pulled up beside me. <laughs> and so he rolls down his window. So I rolled down my window and I said, hi. And he goes, did you just run that red light? And I went, I did. I'm, I was straight up honest. I was like, I did. I got confused by the light on the other side and I missed that second light. And he's like, be careful and drove away. Well, that is lucky. Yeah. I mean, I won't say I haven't had my own like luck brushes as well. Yeah. But it's always been a, it's. Sounds like you've had a lot worse They're characters than I have, of terror yeah. to me instead of someone yeah. that's like call for help yeah in my experience it's like oh i need help i should call one of my relatives right you know they're gonna know what's up better than the cops they're gonna know how to keep this in the family (laughs) i don't know how to keep this without making it crazy exactly yeah well Uh, the other one was actually two days ago i was at starbucks and i had my headphones in and i was listening to fuck the police and i had the mm -hmm. I had the, good classic. Good classic. I had uh, one of the headphones strapped over my arm, over my shoulder, so you could hear it. And I was standing there getting my coffee, and I was talking to the girl, and it was like, "Fuck the police coming down from the underground, going off on my right shoulder." <laughs> and uh, there was, a, and the cop had walked in. And he was standing right behind me, and I didn't see him. And um, and I, and so I was talking to the girl. I was like, "All right, well, have a great day." And I picked up my my earbud off my shoulder and I put it in my ear and as I was turning around I'm standing there looking at this like six foot two cop and I was like hey and he's like fuck the police huh and I was like straight from the underground and he's like right on and that was it 
that was it. I just I answered him with straight from the underground, and he didn't get mad. So, so I do in one hand I understand that police are like dudes with jobs. They're just mm-hmm. regular people with jobs. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, like it's I use the same argument for even like like religion. If mm-hmm. you have a couple of bad apples, it that, ruins the whole that thing that you cover up for. You mm-hmm. become complicit. To me, it's like if you're going to with like the Catholic stuff, you're going to protect the child molesters and just move them around. You know, you're just as bad if you're going to be the one that says, oh, you know, we don't blow up people. But those guys over there that do, nah, we're not going to denounce them. And then you can just as bad. You're, and you're cops also, yeah. are the same way to me. If cops are like, well, I'm not a bad cop like those three. Well, then you're not saying shit when they do bad stuff. You're just as bad. Yeah. And I don't think... 90% of the cops out there are bad. I think the opposite number, 90% probably are very good people want to take care of the neighborhoods, but because they don't stand up when the 10% or 1% do some shady shit, they all become bad and a whole generation of people grow up not trusting them. Mm, this you know? is true. Yeah. You know, and Oregon's a weird place too because, and I wonder if this is, this is not an excuse, so I'm not trying to make an excuse yeah. for anybody. I wonder if the reason that maybe you saw, you see trouble, and I've heard other uh, white males from Oregon talk about the fact growing up here and having problems with the police. I wonder if it's the fact that Oregon hardly has any black people in it. I That's probably true That there. sounds really I mean, horrible, and I hate that it gets... This coast is really, yeah. there's a lot of secret racism between Portland and between God. Tacoma and all those places. Uh, it's just, I mean, for the longest time, Portland was controlled by what organized crime. Really? You know, like you can buy those books where uh, the dudes will write the secret history of Portland. I think at the, uh, shout out to the, going to forget, Kenton station mm-hmm. in uh, Kenton neighborhood. Uh, you can buy books there from an author. He is like the secret history of Portland and they have a Shanghai tunnels uh, tour and entry there. So, you know, the Shanghai Tunnels existed when people would, you know, steal you and give you out to ships to, you know, for the slave trade or whatnot. Mm -hmm. After that went away, those tunnels were still used by the organized crime to bootleg. Oh, yeah. I remember that. So these tunnels were, I mean, Portland's had a very criminal background for the longest time. So some of the people who just live here and put up roots, they're have shadier backgrounds, I think. And I don't mean that in a bad way at all. I, I have some of those same backgrounds. You know, growing up, I would hear stories uh, like the secret racism of Portland. Oh, my gosh. I've always known about, like, Milwaukee Selwood. Shout out to Milwaukee Selwood. Oh, please but do tell because I don't know about this. Growing up here, it was always, oh, that's where all the skinheads live is in Selwood. Hmm. So that was something that was just common knowledge of, like, don't go to the Columbia Villa. That's where all the Crips live. Don't go to Selwood because that's where all the skinheads are. You know, and this was just me trying to avoid all the gangs and try- danger. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, where do I not go? Not, right. Don't go this way. Don't go that way. Like, don't go on Polk Street. That's where all the super white trash meth guys live, you know. And I was like, man, my friend lives right across from Polk Street. Sorry, Polk Street. I didn't, I'm trying to start <laughs> nothing. Well, it's, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. Maybe I have um. <laughs> As a, a, a lighter outlook on life. I, it's funny that I do. I mean, considering the shit that I've dealt with, but not trying to sh- make it sound I'm all street here. <laughs> it's definitely not. Because you remind me of my friend Vince Collier, and he is the least street man I have ever <laughs> met in my life. Shout out to Vince. Um, but that was something my husband and I talked about when we first met. You was like, he looks just like Vince, and he was like, yeah, he does. So Usually people tell me I look like that school. character on the Trailer Park Boys. 
Like if I have a goatee. I don't know Trailer Park Boys. Me, I had to avoid it because it's too close. Someone says, oh, you look like the Trailer Park Boys guy. I'm like, ah. My my innate Portland hipster t- triggered. And I'm like, I'm never watching that You're shit. Like, well, then. I'll never be I'll, like I'm that. I'm never going to do that. And then every single time I decide to go goatee, uh-huh. they're like, oh, so-and-so from Trailer Park Boys. Oh, it's that, that hair color and the curls, I think. I don't know. You're, yeah, you're, you're, this is the red, the red and the I once had beard's a, more red than I once your had hair. an old woman come up. Uh, I was a ticket terror at the Coin Center th- Theater. Uh-huh. She came up to me, and we had a large line of people. So I'm like just getting ready to like cockily tell her, uh, you have to go back in line. The movie's not out yet. So as I get up to give her that, she just, boom, palm smacks me in the forehead. And then I'm shocked. Everyone's looking at like, what the? F-? This woman's like eight, like old, old, cute lady. Blah! And she's I just wanted to tell you you have the adorable hair. I'm like, what? And I'm just like, and she walks back to line. And so I just always kept that with me. I'm like, somebody assaulted me to tell me my hair was nice. You're adorable. Yeah, I was you like, know, punch. just wanted to tell you. I'm like, oh, that's different generations right there. <laughs> that is weird. You know? Oh, my mom walked up and picked a baby up out of a cart one time, like at a Walmart. And I'm like, what the fuck are no. you doing? Are you trying to get killed? Like this. You wouldn't wo- even think about it back what? in the day. I know. My, this woman could have come up and been like, don't touch my baby. You know, and I was like, yeah, pe- people are weird. So, yeah, I remember the, reading about the Shanghai tunnels and the criminal history. Oregon's weird. Um, it's being cl- so close to the waterways. You know, it's like yeah. back in the day, that was the highway. You could just like, oh, well, I'm going to. I'll dock here, do some shit, get back on my boat or whatnot. I'll be in San Francisco tomorrow. Before anybody no one knows. Will even know. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and that happened a lot. It's, and I was intrigued with uh, old crime stuff like that growing up. I was like into Dick Tracy, Batman, and oh, cool. just like the mob. Like, well, don't you? Because it seemed like, because not realizing it, there was ties that way. Like I had biker mob people in my family. I didn't realize were ah, bikers. Okay. Or, or I knew they were bikers, but I didn't realize it was all mafia related. And, by mafia type related, I don't mean the criminal aspect, but the that's who you call when there's problems. That like was they the group, were our yeah. police force to me. It's like my uncle and the bikers. You know, it's like oh, okay. something went wrong. Just tell them, and things would square up. You know, so that was, and I feel weird for derailing the the podcast towards like this crime background. No, but that was sort of what. It, so I got in, interested in that growing up. I read a lot of books, and I just thought of the, I don't know the fa- belonging to an organization that protected you. And mm-hmm. I, I think just being protected by a group has always been kind of paramount to me. Hmm. Having the large family and not always feeling safe in my neighborhood. It's probably something as I'm talking that I'm connecting to. <laughs> no, that's wild. No, I, I'm just, I find it interesting to hear these things, especially like, uh, especially when you meet somebody who also comes from a large family like me. I personally don't trust large groups. I never have. I don't, uh, like. Yeah, I mean, I don't trust them, but I feel it that it's a. Uh, intriguing that there can be some protection in them yeah. sometimes like sometimes, in clubs yeah. or cliques because i've never I've never been really part of a clique so i don't get how they work but it's yeah. interesting how they watch each other's backs oh so know. have you ever experienced a mosh pit then yeah i've uh i've experienced it <laughs> were you on the good end or the bad end of the mosh pit uh, i was always on the bad end in a way because i like to be it very comes front to you on the doesn't bar. it <laughs> yeah i would get hit in the back lot but because i'm a stocky guy i could take it sometimes yeah and i told this story it's one of those stories I told at the Hotbox once. I was on the bar at the at some like a real big fish concert, and this person next to me starts elbowing me really hard in the side, trying to nuzzle in and get my spot. Right. And I'm with my other two hefty buddies, you know, and we're just like, "Can you, can you check this kid out? Look what they're doing!" And as soon as I made that gesture, I'm like, "See this kid?" Uh, she found out later, momentarily, she was it was a lady reached up, bit me right on the cheek. 
And I was like, ah, because it was like shaved head lady. I had no idea. Stocky fellow like myself. So, uh, ah, so as soon as the cheek bite, I grabbed their head and started hitting it on the bar. And then realized, oh no, it's a lady. You're one so of I the nicest back go, people I know. Because I didn't know it was a lady. But the, it's one of those, I got attacked so much growing up in high school that it got to a point where there was, if you're in real danger, you got to stick up for yourself. Or right. It can get worse. Yeah. And so there was a case, like when somebody bites you, that was yeah. always like, that's it. They're biting me. I don't know what's going on in their mouth. I you need know. to punch your face. So it was like, ah, and just the bar was right there. So it was, bah, boom. And yeah. then, oh, no, it's a lady. And so I, you know, release and they pull a lady over the bar and I can see when they ejected her. So I'm like, oh, no, I feel so terrible. But later I felt no, not a, at all bad because uh-huh. her friend behind me had pulled out his butterfly knife and was doing the cool butterfly, you know, clicking it out to butterfly knife stab. And as he was coming down with the stab. When my hefty friends was like, oh, and clocked him. Oh, shit. So it was like a whole thing I didn't know was going on. And this is a real big fish concert. It's like emo pop ska or something. It is crazy. So there shouldn't be violence there at all. But yeah, that was the mosh pits would come to me. Well, <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. This is, I mean, this in the kindest and sweetest way. I'm never hanging out with you because yeah, gonna... it looks like you. <laughs> I have swashbuckler luck is what I look you at. Like, like old Errol Flint. You know, it's like. I can just good natured bad luck. I'm like I'd help the lady out and like what are you doing kidnapping our sex slave? And like oh no, no another after me. It'd be something weird like like just good, just no good. You uh, are a true. <laughs> you are a true. You truly have earned the bless your heart. All the stories you've told that <laughs> oh, you no. truly earned the bless your heart because like, I'm just sitting them. here listening <laughs> to it. I'm like I've never. I mean I've put myself in some weird shitty. Broke my thing. hand on that lady too. I didn't say that, but. Oh. <laughs> Because I don't know how to throw punches. I'm not really a fighter. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> broke the head. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I'm not, like I said, I've been in some, I've put myself in some weird shit and I've <laughs> not had as bad luck as you have. Yeah. It's like it's, I've, I roll with the bad luck and it's funny later, but I never realized it at the time that it's bad luck. I just, I always think something weird's going to happen and sometimes it does, and it, you know, and yeah. I just prepare myself and I'm like, oh. Here's a weird thing. Well, see, I'm the same way. Now, weird shit comes my way all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, this is something I've had to deal with. I don't know if you have to. It probably sounds like some of the stories Mm -hmm. you've told me, I'm I'm sure you do. But where people go, that didn't happen. It's like, no fucking hell, I'm telling you. When you're poor, you have more stories. It's just you get yourself into weirder positions because you just, I don't got a lot of money. I guess I'll go do this. Um, Yeah, you got to try to find ways to entertain yourself. Yeah. I never thought of it. Other poor people or other people pursuing money. Yeah. You sometimes interact with them. You know, it's like, oh, you're trying to have fun out here for free. We're trying to make money out here on you guys. Yeah. I know. So, I mean, like my share of, that's like where a lot of my humor came from was trying to get out of those situations by being funny. And so, a lot of, and I did most of the time. Right. You know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one, of the, one of the situations for me I found myself in when I was in high school, um, I was friends with a guy who had like it was a it was a black dude and his girlfriend. They hung out like at the school all the time. And he and I were friends because he was friends with Damon, which was oh. like, Damon and I were just friends. We weren't mar- dating at the time, right. but he was friends with Damon. And, and OK, well, let me tell you this, too. Damon was our valedictorian. He was this tall, skinny dude who um, knew everything, knew everything, <laughs> really smart guy. He was really talented in music and um, pretty much everybody liked him, but he was one of those people that just 
you know, the jocks were going to come after if they felt like it. And there was a few who picked on him, but not many. But this guy, Reno, who was a buddy of ours, was like... I have a friend named Reno. Really? Does he have a brother named uh, Dallas? I don't know about a lot of his other family. Okay. I, I went to like, a quest with him. <laughs> that's just an unusual name. He used to so. pull the gun out and like, this is going to be a fair fight. And have the gun out in the air and people are like, okay, dude. <laughs> and he, but he wouldn't let anybody pick on Damon. And uh, mm. one day, um, his girlfriend, after they had broke up, had caught me in the hallway and was like, I'm going to beat your ass. And I'm like, why? And she's like, you stay the fuck away from him. And I'm like, but I'm not dating him. We're just <laughs> friends. And she's like, stay away from him. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And me being a little smart ass, you know, kid who's got away with anything anyway, I was like, I always joke that Damon was the valedictorian and I was the girl with the blue mohawk that smoked with the teachers out behind the school. And that is a God's <laughs> truth. And so I was coming down the hallway probably about two or three days later and her and two girlfriends were coming at me and mm-hmm. there was nobody this was one of those cases where i went to That's the bathroom walk mean girls it was and i was walking down the hallway and it was like it's one of those western scenes where it's three <laughs> against one and then you can hear the you know and you're like oh and it was one of those cases where i was like okay i'm gonna get my ass beat but i'm going down fighting and i took this i took the fight stance i was like this is what it's gonna be this is what it's gonna be and then all three of them started coming towards me and then they all threw their hands up in the air and they were like whatever and walked off and i was like yeah motherfucker come back i'll fight you know me trying to be badass at this time three girls and i'm like come back and i turn around and reno and like two of his buddies are standing there and they're like ha ha we heard you were gonna get your ass kicked and we stopped it (laughs) you're not that that tough and there's the giants behind you (laughs) yeah and i was and they were like you thought you were tough i was like fuck you (laughs) i would inherit a lot of beefs from my sisters yeah so they would cause some problems and then i would just get it and like oh "Oh, your sister stole my boyfriend's blah 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 i don't know anything about that that? yeah you know i get attacked by girls all time at school for it i'm like i don't know what to do (laughs) yeah you can't hit it of course you can't fight back can't fight back yeah well my brother um i have two cousins named linda and brenda i think they're both passed away now but they're my oldest brother's age Mm -hmm. so they're like 18 18 or more years older than me and um they got into one of them got into a fight in high school one day and my brother was standing there watching somebody's like nick jump in there and pull her out and he's like hell no he's like i've been in a fight with her fuck (laughs) you she'll kill you (laughs) yeah i had to get to a point i think it was maybe the beginning of eighth grade finally uh or probably ninth grade because i was in roosevelt and was still happening where i had to have a like a I had to defend myself in an epic way to where oh, people geez. were just like, Robert's crazy, <laughs> you know? And like, I got pulled into the the office, one of those like, we're worried about, you know, some of your fiction. Are you going to shoot up the school? You oh. don't like the clothes you wear? And it was all because I was just withdrawn. Yeah. You know, I was a quiet kid who liked horror books like H.P. Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. And so when you're reading a lot of H.P. Lovecraft, people are like, he's reading weird shit from the 20s. So this kid, you know, he yeah. wasn't popular at the time when, not like now, where Cthulhu is on everybody's lunchbox. Right. You know, now, and you were a D&D kid. Yeah, and I was a D&D kid. So I got these creepy, I was into Stephen King. Mm. Literally had the principal in front of the whole class tell me that I was creepy for reading that book <laughs> for it. And it was coming out on TV. So I wanted to get ahead of it. You know, yeah. I wanted to read the book before the show came out. And like, no, you know, the t- principal strap, you're creepy. So I, I had I had target on me for a long time from people. I was definitely a someone's favorite. Uh one of my f- bullies, uh I'm not gonna say his name, but uh people if they're doing research will be able to find him real easy. Yeah, uh, later in our adult years got shot with a shotgun out in front of the Twilight Room. Uh oh, but he and lived. And so uh every once in a while when I see him limping around, I'm like, Yeah, that's what you get. Motherfucker. Fucker. 
Just watching the rain out there. (laughs) It's been a weird day, like apocalyptic day. Yeah. Oh, Um, wow. We've gone a full hour. Oh, wow. Have we? Well, I I ramble a lot. I'm sure boat riding. No, I do too. (laughs) Well, I do too, but it's when I'm, I'm, if I'm having a good time, I was, you know, I was like, I'll just make this 30 minutes, but yeah, I had a great time. So long. Uh, Kevin Perez, he was like texting me last night trying to butt in on the podcast as well. For today? Yeah. He's like, can I come with you? I'm like, no. Oh, you know what? <laughs> if you look up there, you see where it says schedule Kevin up there. I got oh, a schedule Kevin. So ah, so maybe that's what he thought. I was like, I, I, no, man, it's cool. <laughs> but he came and he did a podcast at my house with me and it was like two and a half hours. Oh, God. And I didn't realize it. And then it was uh, practically unlistenable. <laughs> just me rambling so much uh, you know what <laughs> I think pod- podcasts I love because they're I, I know this is a horrible way to think about it because there's some of them you can listen to and like learn from but I view podcasts as background noise I like listening yeah, to I people chat too. and talk so I use them as background noise so that's why I like this I particular like them as homework format. too yeah like uh, for the comedy thing is definitely homework to me because you'll hear about stories that they go through that we are eventually going to go through those but some now you have a perspective on it like certain rooms that might rip you off or things you could learn on stage yeah. or these kind of just the business part of show business. I love hearing all of that extra stuff. I love the the technical format of it. Mm-hmm. I love writing. That's why I've always been into writing, the mathematics of writing. Mm. Uh, it makes it hard, too, because, like, you'll go up on stage as a comedian. You want to talk in uh, metaphors and adjectives and or adverbs like this is like this or or you'll I quickly did that or you'll make little things that in my writing work I've been trained to get rid of. Mm-hmm. So that becomes like my own little, I don't know if it's an autistic click I have, but sometimes it's hard for me to say words that I know aren't correct if you write them down. Right. Like, so I, I, the format of it's fun, but the flip side of the podcast definitely is like background sounds. It's I constantly have them on. I do too. It's yeah. like being in part of a conversation with some people and like, oh, that was pretty funny. No, I've you had know, a friend tell me that them. she doesn't listen to podcasts because she doesn't want to be part of a conversation she can't be part of, if that oh. makes sense. Well, see, like, I guess growing up, I was so quiet sometimes that there was a lot of times I was part of conversations nobody knew I was a, a part, part of. <laughs> when, I, when I started running karaoke, which was weird luck because of my kind of introverted ways mm-hmm. uh i would meet people from the neighborhood i went to high school with and they'd be like how come i didn't don't know you from high school and i'm like yeah i was a quiet kid everyone wanted to treat like shit all the time you know and you probably remembered what i looked like or my jacket you yeah. know or something like that but people would just constantly oh how come i didn't know you in high school yeah i was too quiet and you guys didn't don't give people a chance <laughs> see people say yeah well teenagers people suck. suck people suck teenagers suck i think um we're supposed to it's that whole get you ready for life because life sucks harder than high school mm-hmm. and you get coddled through high school Isn't you can't it f- make it <laughs> yeah but it is funny how like that's a for those are formative years and we're expected to learn how to be adults at that point mm. and we're learning all the things we need to learn to be adults at that point but at the same time they put us in these situations to where it's just kill or be killed it's, oh. it's, it's almost a killer. Be, uh, public school is a killer. Be killed. Well, hell, private school is a yeah, killer. Be killed. Especially nowadays. But I'm but I'm yes. Yeah. And on that note, folks, so <laughs> after an hour, I try to keep mine around an hour. So I'm going to cut us off here pretty soon. But no problem. I don't want to give you, give you all that editing work. <laughs> yeah, oh, psh, I don't edit. Are you kidding? 
I had to, I have to edit my show. I take <laughs> I might take out like uh, somebody's name. Like I'm considering that story I just told. I'm thinking about taking that dude's <laughs> name out, but because then I because then that t- like you said if if you and I know some. Yeah, high I might be worried people. about Polk Street. <laughs> well, I know some people Crips, from high school. Not worried about Polk Street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> those guys will steal my car. Oh no! Or my mom's. <laughs> They'll steal your mom. Well, <laughs> we had a car stolen. We had two cars stolen from us in the spread of five days once. And it was clear it was like somebody fucking with my sister. Huh. And so they, they stole her purse, got the keys, came back, stole one car, came back a few days ago, stole the other car. We found both of them just like around the blocks or a few blocks away, just out of gas and trashed. But yeah, <laughs> that's the neighborhood, so man. People bizarre. Just... Yeah. All right. Well, give us your uh, social media one more time. One more time. It's, uh, it's Rob C. Gresham on Twitter mm-hmm. and uh, Robert Gresham on Facebook. And are you? Uh, I have a, I think I have a comedy page on there you could like. And uh, as far as my uh, my publishing business, you can follow me at Wayward, or you can see our products over at waywardrogues.com. Uh, just a lot of Dungeons and Dragons stuff, some sci-fi things. We're moving into like vampire and more Cthulhu stuff in the coming up months. So. That sounds like fun. Yeah, I'm amazed you and my husband. I'm amazed you and my husband haven't gotten together and chatted because you know he's a he's a D and D gamer Big like gamer. every every Wednesday and yeah he's a huge gamer so. I wish it made me more money, but ah, makes think, it makes enough. Yeah, that's what I hear everybody say. All right, well you've been listening to Bless Your Heart. This is number uh, 19 with Robert Gresham, and thank you very much, sir. Oh, thank you. Have a great day. You've been listening to Bless Your Heart on Yugo Meow Podcast Network. 